Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. Malachi. Welcome to the Grace Ops podcast. Welcome back. I am really, uh, I always say this, I'm really excited because I actually am always really excited, <laughs> especially about the things that we're going to talk about on this podcast. We're here together building a, a culture uh, that, that's championing and learning biblical masculinity that results in an effective leadership in your life to impact the spheres of influence that God has called you to. So this podcast is aimed at men, but it's it, like I say many times, it's for everybody. We live in a fatherless generation, and we got a lot of great moms out there raising sons. And we want this podcast to even be in those uh, mothers' hands as tools to equip and empower their sons to live upright. So we, we're not just doing this as a podcast. We're doing this as an assignment from God to empower an entire generation to awaken and take hold of the responsibility that we have as men of up- uprightness. So I'm, I'm in the studio today actually with a great friend of mine, and we're going to get into a really good discussion here out of this Malachi passage. I'm in the studio today with Lenny LaGuardia, who I've known for 20 years, 22 years, actually. 22, 22 years. So welcome, Lenny. How are hey, you doing, man? It's awesome. Thank, Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have you here. And, I, and when I knew we were going to do this, I was like, we got to do a Malachi 4 <laughs> Because the reason why is it actually fits into the Grace Ops culture yes. because of the, the five-star charge. So our five-star charge is honor, affection, liberty, war, and valor. Wow. And the first four have to do with your inner world, right. and valor has to do with your outer world, the way you live. If you want to live with courage, do good at the first four. And so the second one is actually affection, and it really comes into this whole concept of Malachi and I want you to speak to this. And, and before you get into the speaking to it, I just want to lay down some kind of foundation for the book of Malachi. Malachi was written in a time where the priesthood of Israel was really failing. They were polluting the altar. They were really, they were, they were really bombing in the area of like doing it the way God had designed it to be done. Like they were doing things like, you know, in the Torah, it says, don't, you know, bring, bring me your best. And they were actually going out and getting like the lame and the, 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 the lame, the deaf, the spotted lamb, the, 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 the animals that weren't up to par, they weren't the best at all. They weren't even bringing the Lord the best. And so they're polluting the system by watering down the standard. And, and God brings this to their attention. He's like, I've loved you, Israel, but have you loved me? You know, that's kind of what he's yeah. get, trying to get them to think. Have you sure. loved me? And if you, if, if I'm your father, where's my honor? And if I'm your God, where's my fear? And he's like, these, these lame sacrifices you're bringing me, do that to your governor. That, yeah. That's what Malachi says. Like, do, do this to your governor. Because you, you wouldn't dare do that to your governor, right. but you'll do it to your father in heaven. You'll do it to the God of Abraham that brought you out of Egypt, right? That's how you repay him. That's how you show him. And so, you know, when you fast forward into the New Testament and we do the same thing. We're all part of the priesthood now, the way God's always wanted it to be. And yet we're still polluting the system, the way God's, God only set up one way. It's the cross, it's the great commission, and it's the ascension gifts. Like, here you go. Take over the world with these five gifts. Everybody has one of them. Figure out how it works. Be a body. And I look at this heart of Malachi in chapter four. And he's he's actually, so there's only four chapters in Malachi. 
And there was four things that Malachi was actually calling Israel to in repentance. He was, it was a time where worship had become routine. Well, that sounds familiar today. It was a time where divorce in the people of God was widespread. Oh, that sounds familiar today, right? Like there's just, it's almost like, is he talking about our time or his time? And he was talking about, he was asking Israel to repent from social justice, which was being ignored, and from tithing, which was being neglected. And I can see those same things as, as a person who, uh, you know, I founded a church and you've run in the church for decades. And it's really just an honor to have you here, you know, and I want to talk about this, this word affection because I think when I look at Malachi 4, the turning of the hearts of the fathers to their children, to their spouses, to the family. Right. <clears throat> Talk about that from like your world. I mean, you're a Malachi 4 guy, right? You're like the Malachi 4 impact. <laughs> no, no, I mean, no, you no. probably got 20 website domains no, no, <laughs> just no, no. on Malachi no, 4. I, this is a pillar, pillar chapter, and, and it needs to be a pillar chapter for men, women all over the earth. And there's several things that are not talked about in the body of Christ from the pulpit. And that one would be, you know, his coming. The other one would be the turning of the hearts to the fathers and the children. Uh, there's a turn going on. And I, I think when people hear about Malachi 4 and they hear about the hearts of the fathers to the turning to the children, children to the fathers, they think it's a, a program. And uh, they think it's a, a way to recruit people to work with children. And it's, it's part of that, but it's far from just being a program. I mean, when we look at Malachi chapter 4, verses 4, 5, and 6, it's almost where we need to know that God is giving us another chance. Think about it. The last three verses of the Old Testament, 400 years go by, and then we pick it up again with God's heart wanting to see our hearts turn to each other. When I yeah. think of Malachi uh, chapter 4, I think of Psalm 145.4, where there truly is our children, men, listen to this, men and women, listen to this, our children being put in a place to where they would receive the, the mighty hand of God in such a way. And then Psalm 145.4 says, there will be one generation that shall praise his works to another. Mm. I mean, you stop and think about that. Generations. Generations. We don't think that way a lot. We don't think that way. And Malachi 4 is the promises of God because the worship was polluted, the money was polluted, the, the, the family was polluted, everything was compromised. Yeah. Much like today, if you look at the parallel track that we're on today, there's many compromises. Divorce is okay. We do this. We do that. We're not reconciling with our families. We, and we let anybody call themselves a Christian. That's right. That pollutes it. And so we need to be, you know, men uh, specifically. And, and I love Grace Ops, man. I love the five, uh, five-star charge. I, I love what we're calling men to, Brian. I love being a part of this because I really believe that... We need to turn our hearts as men toward our children, not just the ch our own children, but the children of the church, the children of the neighborhoods, the children the generations, of everything, right? everything. And if we don't do this, men, if for our own children, I'm burdened this in this hour. Somebody else is going to do it. I mean, because you go to church, you sit in the churches, uh, men, women. Uh, beloved, you sit in the churches and you know how many of us are just getting connected with the Father's heart for the first time. I don't want my grandchildren, your grandchildren, your children, and men across the earth, their children, to have to be so absent from the 
heart of the Father being turned to them to where they have to sit in a church service and come to Jesus at the age 32 oh, yeah. or have to reconcile. Let's, let's reconcile this now at an early age, and we can do this. Yeah, and I, I look at this whole concept that we're talking about to, to kind of build a little metaphor out of it. It's kind of like your engine. You know, your, your engine, right. you start it up, it heats up. You know, I, I got a nice digital uh, dashboard I can flip between my little right. dashboard widgets. And I can, every now and then, the wintertime especially, uh, I'll put it because I have a screen I can look at that just shows me all my temperatures, like coolant, oil, engine, you know. And I'm like, how long does it take for this thing to heat up, right? Like, how long is it before the hot air is going to come out right. of this event? That's really all I care about. But, but nonetheless, though, there's inside that motor, there's friction, there's pistons, there's all kinds of mechanics going on. But without oil in that motor, we all know that it's going to bind up. And maybe you have that ha- ever had that happen to a motor. It just ceased. That's right. It stopped, you know. And it's affection. You know, we're talking about biblical masculinity. And the reason why this, import- this conversation is important in this day and age and this hour and why God's calling grace ops. I, I, I'm not saying this out of hope. I'm saying this that I know God is going to impact millions of men with the Grace Ops culture and brand. It's yeah, you just so. watch, it's going to happen. And that's not me being arrogant or hopeful. It's just I've been laboring and I've been carrying Grace Ops for over a decade in my inner man. And it's out now. And the Lord's gonna do mighty things. And it's here's why. We live in a day and age of moral decline, like never before. We live in the day and age where we have this big epidemic of fatherlessness. Yeah. And so affection i we want to train men so this podcast is even a small little voice in that thing of training right like when you hear this this podcast we want you to grow in your knowledge of it we want you to grow in your responsibility of it we want you to um take inventory of this this because if divorce is widespread in the days of malachi that's right well what was missing in the family structure what was missing between the husbands and wives affection that's right love kindness tenderness right like Oh, I mean, the, the affection, men turning, right? Like I heard Alan Hood say this once out of one thing, and I never never forgot the, 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 the potency of what he was talking about, that moms naturally turn their affection to the children because mm-hmm. it's just the mom and the children and my kids. But the dads, it actually is an intentional thing. That's right. Dads have to actually purpose to turn the affection and I just think about it, right? My heart breaks because, like, there's a lot of guys that didn't get to see that from their dads. That's right. Well, hey, you know what? I'm sorry. Maybe get some counseling because I do believe in the holistic approach. I believe in inner healing. But after all that, just get over it. Brian. <laughs> Learn how to be affectionate to right. your family. And, Brian, I think about I think about that a lot because as a, a police chaplain, as, as a just a pastor to the next generation for 38 years, I've been in a lot of homes. And... I've had to talk to a lot of fathers, and uh, a lot of fathers have hopelessness because they don't see that they could really have the love from the Lord to make a difference in their family. But when you look at Malachi 4, you look at 4, 5, and 6, it's, it's God's promise to fathers. It's, it's mothers, too. This it, is not just fathers that we're talking about. It's spiritual moms and dads. But for our, our own children— God has made my children in such a way and created my children in such a way that where they are made to receive my love. If I'm made 
created in, in his image to receive the Father's love, my heavenly Father, how much more is my children able to receive my love? And so men have to step it up. They have to step it up and not give that over to somebody else. And I, I see that happening. And when I share with men and I say, listen, your children were created to hear your heart. Hebrews 12, our fathers have disciplined us for a short time as they thought best, right? But how much more, the word says, will he give us discipline for his own profit, for our own profit. So yeah, you know what? I grew up in a very interesting situation. When I heard the word discipline, I'd run for cover, man. I'd run out the back door, actually. Because you're smart. Yeah, (laughs) I'm quick. I'm not quick and too smart right now. But anyway, I I did the best I could. And I have to let my parents off the hook. And I see what hangs up men sometimes the most is the way they were disciplined. The way their father, their mother, the, the, those voices, that spirit of accusation. And I just have a burden for all of you today through Grace Ops podcast to really see you lay that down and go, you know what? Your, your dad did, did what he could. He did it the best of his ability. Right. And if it came up short, don't take that out on your children anymore, man. Right. Go to the Father, let him love you, get the Father's heart, because your heart, when it turns to your child, that child's heart will turn to you, to the Father's. And that's what I see happening, and I'm just wanting to encourage people today. Yeah, and I think this is a, this is a strategy from God. I mean, this is like God's solution yeah, to problems. You know, it's like, I, I look at the culture today, and you can call it, Jezebel or Babylon spirit, the spirit of the age, but it is just, you know, castrating it. I mean, we're talking, we're living a culture where things are so upside down and, and messed up and that, you know, the feminist mute movement is, is really, it's choking right. to be a strong man nowadays is called toxic. You know, it's like right. just the men have such, there's such a uphill battle, such a opposition against men. But be a man anyway. You know, that's what we're saying. Be a man. I, you know, the Grace Ops culture that we are, are, are kind of charging and putting out there, it, we want to strengthen as men. We want to be men who are prepared. We want to be men who provide for our families. But we want to be these five-star charged biblical men. And, and we're highlighting affection today. I want, you know, I want to learn how to listen better to my wife. I want to learn better. I've been married 22 years and, and I've always been a tough guy. I've always been a semi jerk, you know, like it's not because I want to be (laughs) mean to people. It's just, I don't really care about how many people think about this. I don't care. I don't have time for that. I'm a visionary. Uh, You know, I don't care. Get over it. Suck it up. I mean, that's my mindset, right? You can ask my kids that they know that's me, right? Like it's, they get that part of me all the time, but I have to learn as I go. It's about maturing. It's about maturing. And the more you mature, if you're really paying attention and being diligent with the way you live your life, you're going to be a better man That's next good, year than you are now. Yeah. Right? Like it's not about your past mistakes. I have a hard time looking at it that way. Like I, I'm so nice to myself because yeah. I'm like, Oh, well I'm at least trying. That's I'm right. at least in the game. If I make 10 mistakes, I, I forgive myself real quick. You know, I don't hold on to it. Like, Oh, I suck, you know, cause I tripped up and screwed this up. I don't think about it. I forget it and just move on. All I got is today. I don't know. And I just think that guys, what I'm saying is this grace minus responsibility, right? Salvation minus responsibility equals cheap grace. Right. 
And what we're saying to Malachi is this is a message you probably don't want to hear. It's a message we're probably trying to avoid through porn and gaming and blaming and all this stuff that distracts men. And what the Lord is saying is men, be who I called you to be. That's right. And the promise is right there. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet. There's a promise coming. You know, I was at Thanksgiving and had my family there. And I had something I wanted to share with them, right? Yeah. And I, I want to give them the plan. You know, I'm going to tell them what mom and I are up to, right? I said, hey, everybody, I have, a, I have an announcement. And I was ready to give that announcement. It's something the Lord is doing in my wife and I. Yeah. We wanted to share it with our children. I do it all the time. And uh, I shared a little bit of it. And one of my daughters, they go, what? You don't have a handout? You're not, <laughs> you're not giving us the three-point vision? You're not giving us the speech that mission governs your life, values govern your heart, and priorities govern your... You're not... And what, what she was saying to me, she was joking, but sometimes I treat my own family like I do... My ministry, my team, I look at them. I, I work with police all the time. And yeah, me too. And I, I wouldn't have it any other way. And I'm always telling police officers and people in law enforcement, look, don't treat your wife like the public. Your wife is not the public. Your husband is not the public. Right. You got to do it different. So when my daughter said that to me, it was a, it was a wake-up call. And then my other daughter goes, no. No three-point plan. He's not handing out a handout. <laughs> and it just hit me really hard. My, and my wife just looks over and says, look, just be you. Don't talk to us like you got to win us. It's not a sales pitch. Right. We're your family. Huh. Okay, hey, here's what mom and I are going to do. It took about eight <laughs> seconds. And everybody cheered. There you go. <laughs> I didn't have to have 18 minutes. Right. <laughs> the turkey's getting cold. The mashed potatoes, the gravy, everybody came. Yeah. COVID issues are out there. Everybody wants to go home. Not sure they should come anyway. Who's the president? <laughs> What's going on? What's going on election? Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Well, look, do that more, guys. Send, sit out. You don't have to have all to, it, it all together, right? Right. You just say, this is what's on my heart. Because Malachi's a... The, it's proof, man. It's proof that your children were made to hear from you. 400 years go by, and he picks it up where he left off, God. I want to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. John the Baptist, spirit of Elijah, that old thing. Yeah, I mean, there's I, lots and, there. And I think off the top of my head, I mean, this is looking back to the Torah. And Absolutely. if I'm remembering correctly, it's like Deuteronomy 6 right. in that area, 6, 7, or 8. That's right, horrid. And it talks about, it's really talking about how to raise your children. Like right. It's it's really not putting them in a classroom as much. I right. mean, it's important. But it actually, it says, when you wake up in the morning and as you walk along the way and you tuck them in at night, like th- those are the times you That's teach verse four. your children. That's right. Yeah, and actually, when I read that, I was like, oh, I'm a great dad. Because that's that was my style. I'm right. not the guy that sits down every Monday night at seven o'clock with my kids to do a Bible study. I'm right. just not like that. Right. I'm very I'm I'm intentional and purposeful, and I'm strategic, but I'm not as predictable. Like I don't do the same thing every time. That's I right. don't wake up at the same time every day. I'm just a sporad, more sporadic that way. Well, that's me. That's my person. That's my style. Right. That's my approach. But so I had this pressure. I'm like, oh man, a, a good dad does this. A good you know every Sunday night at this time or every Wednesday at this time. And some guys do that and do it really well. Or moms or whatever. They're polished. And that's their thing. Do it. Like right. Like do it. But I can't be you. 
And he shouldn't be me. But when I read that verse that Malachi is referring to, I was like, oh, that I do that good. You know, I mean, I, I, or I, or or I can at least get better at that. Well, verse four talks about the past. It talks about the past. Verse five talks about the transition between the past and the future. And verse six is the faithfulness of God's word. I encourage every, every father, every man to study these three verses, man, just to pick up the Bible and look at that because Verse 4 is the past, and it reminds us, man, this is what the Lord's going to do. Remember, remember, Israel, remember the law of Moses. And then verse 5, behold, I'm coming. I'm, I'm gonna, we can fix this. There's hope. There's a future. And, and, and 6 is very, very important. It will turn, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. There will be, men, a great and dreadful day. There will be a great day. There's going to be a dreadful day. And we got to help our children recognize the counterfeit that's coming to planet Earth, man, because lots of false systems are being created right now. But your children, men, have been created to hear your voice. They've been created to hear your voice. And I just want to encourage you in that. Yeah, because after 400 years of silence from Malachi to Matthew, right. right out of the Gospels, we got Luke 1. Right. And they're talking about John the Baptist, who's the forerunner of the Christ, right? right. Of the Messiah. And we're kind of forerunners ourselves. I mean, we it, there's so many cool parallels for our 21st century. We're The Bible says we're a royal priesthood. And then we're also like forerunners, you know, we're, we're in between now, uh, the ascension and the return, you know? So we live in those days. We're not waiting. We're, we're, we're waiting, but it's a different waiting than they're waiting. Well, I, you know? men tell me all, uh, come to me, not all the time, but the ones I'm, I'm in some serious situations and you are as well, but they go, man, there's no chance that I'm going to recover this. There's not a chance that my daughter, my son's going to turn their heart toward me. I'll tell you why that could happen. By allowing the Father to turn his heart towards you. When I allowed the Lord, my Father, to turn his heart toward me, because you know what? We fail to realize in Malachi chapter 4, 5, and 6, we're a son. Yeah. We're his child. So let the Lord turn his heart toward you, right? right? And once you allow that to happen, your children will know that. They will see that. They will feel that. Happened with me and my own my oldest daughter. Yeah. I never would have believed that my oldest daughter would give me another chance mm. you know i'm always strict man i'm doing background checks on their boyfriends and, <laughs> da, 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 da. and all that relates to is i don't trust her yeah. that's what that all for did her. Yeah, yeah to her she was I'd, receiving it. and you know, my wife would correct me and go you really didn't you know you don't trust anybody you know <laughs> so anyway but i allowed the lord to touch me and soften me and i love going to my daughters and my my sons now and just saying hey man i my father and mother disciplined me for a short time. You're, I disciplined you for a short time is, uh, I thought, best. But how much more if you give yourself to the Lord will he bless you for your own profit? So I tell my children all the time, hey, you got to forgive me, man. You got you to gotta let me off the hook. I did the best I could. Here's the word. And uh, it works, man. Yeah, and I think two things that are hitting me right now as we're unfolding this is, one, if you have been through divorce, yeah, or if you have been through divorce, then I would... My my voice to you as a, as a man and, and and a man of God, and I would say if you if you need to, maybe you already have, but learn from that situation. Learn own what part of it was yours. Forgive yourself. 
Ask the Lord to forgive you and forgive yourself. Make it right before God. If you're facing divorce, maybe you're in a situation where you're facing divorce. I, I, I really just believe you need to, you know, unless there's like physical abuse in the situation, apart from, you know, physical danger, I think you really need to put in, uh, just, just maybe take a break and figure this thing out. Maybe figure out how to make it work. And I know I'm talking to a lot of situations that I don't know what's going on, but if Malachi is addressing an issue where divorce is widespread, it's really because God doesn't like divorce. Right. It's not something he likes. He, he, I mean, he likes you even if you got a divorce. It's not like he sure, hates absolutely. you forever. Absolutely. But, but he's like, hey, let's learn. You know, these are human relationships. And, and I think of like just this concept of affection. And I think of, you know, we're talking about how you've been raised. So like, you know, if you if you bombed in this area as a father and you're like, you know what? I've just really have been terrible. I was working too much. I was away from the family. I really wasn't there. And then you have a certain sense of guilt that you carry. Well, see guilt produces shame and shame is going to be like a prison to you. It's going to be something that shuts your mouth every time. It's going to shut you down every time you step out and you've got to command that shame. So the grace ops culture is all about this, right? That the grace of God is training us. The grace of God is mighty. It's robust. It's powerful. It's not some little weak thing that, uh, empowers your weakness that's good it, it's it, it's it doesn't um empower us to continue in weakness it actually is a trainer that teaches us to renounce ungodliness and to renounce worldly passions so that's an ungodly way to live men don't live in shame break the power of shame i mean i'll tell you what i do this quite often i'll go out in my front yard my backyard and i'll just let out a shout like i'll shout as loud as i possibly can <laughs> and it's just it's just really to remind the earth that i'm here i'm I'm freaking here, right? Like, and, and you're not taking me out. I'm still here. And there's a power in declaration. There's a power in That's overcoming good, shame. So if you've bombed in this area of turning affection, you know, it's so, such a neat thing, right? Oh, Lenny and I aren't talking about this stuff because we've mastered it. We're talking about it because none of these, none of the five-star charges is something you can master. No. It's, a, it's, a, it's a lifestyle. It's a way we want to continue getting better at living. So if you deal with shame over maybe your kids are 20 years old now, maybe they're 40 and maybe you bombed in this area, deal with your shame, man of God, declare to yourself that you are a father and even your children can be 40, 50 years old. You take on that whole mindset. That's one of the things we're strong about in Grace Ops is a warrior mindset. You take on a warrior mindset towards that thing and you, you get up and you, you, you look at life a different way. You break the shame you start breaking into these spheres that are holding on to you, breaking these prisons, you're going to see things change. I'm not going to say it's magic. I'm not going to say, hey, five days later, your kids are going to do this. But you do it enough, and they're going to take notice. And they're going to, it's for their children. And it's never too late. And it's for their children. I look at what I started out with on Psalm 145, where one generation shall praise uh, your works to another, O Lord. And I go down, I look at, I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty, men, Meditate on the majesty of the Lord. Then verse 6, men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts and will declare your greatness. And then 7, they will utter, the children will utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. And it goes on, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger. His mercies are new every day. So meditate, men, on the majesty of the Lord. 
turn it around. I remember when I started turning my life around with my, with my girls, I started being different. They were looking at me like, what is this? You man, you hypocrite. What are you doing? You know, I didn't buy it. I didn't allow those voices to, to come to me. I stood the ground and I haven't conquered mindset. It's a warrior mindset, man. Don't give up the ground. Your children will utter the things of God to their children. Man, you are made for the, the children's children. Yeah. And when I think of affection, Affection is just a, it's a tenderness inside of a man, right? It's that oil inside of an engine. It's a, there's something, and you can grow in it, right? Like you always have to get oil changes, right? In your car, like, like you you can. Every 2000. Yeah. Like 3000. Like like you you have to. My cars anyway. Yeah. We, we, (laughs) yeah, we, you know, get some synthetic oil. (laughs) But we have to, uh, it's it's something we have to challenge ourselves and take inventory of. And so I want to, I want to put, I want to, I do want to turn my heart. You know, my dad did the best he could. That's right. He wasn't perfect. I got mad at my dad a lot when I was younger. And then I became a dad. And I was like, oh, well, you know, he did the best he could do. He was actually giving me the best he could give. And, you know, whether that's uh, a five-star dad or a one-star dad or however you rate your dad, just appreciate that, you know, and maybe he left. And you know what? You can still say that's the best he could do. But now what am I going to do? See, it it gets to responsibility. What am I going to do? How, how will I live? How will I put? So for me, I put um, I put just some practical things. And we can talk about some practical things here about how to actually insert affection towards your wife and towards mm-hmm. your kids. And, and let, we'll go into that in a moment. But at, at the beginning, I was so excited about starting this topic that, um, and I know you don't care about this, but Lenny, you're a good friend of mine. You're from Kansas City. I just want to kind of build a rapport for who you are. You're the first time on our podcast, but you'll be on it many times. And, and Lenny, you've been running in this stuff for decades. You know, you run the Children's Equipping Center at the International House of Prayer, and you're a chaplain for the Kansas City Police. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've done some pretty stellar stuff, right? So you're like a guy in the game, right? Like, what, what's the statement you have about heaven at hell's doorstep? Is that what it is? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, like, like you're, you're, you have a warrior. Hope on you know? someone's so, And it's an day. honor to be your friend. I've known you for yeah. 20 years, but we've walked Same more here. closely for over a decade. I love now. what you're doing, Brian. It's really powerful, so. I just wanted to make sure people knew who you were. <laughs> but let's talk about some practical things, like maybe kind of like what's what are some practical things of affection dads turning hearts to? How, how do guys do this? How do how, what's the actual what's a thing you can do? Wow! Helps, or what's a lesson you've learned? You know that I think the a big lesson. I, there's tons, man. We don't, yeah. we don't have time. I don't have my wife here. I don't have my wife here to tell me, yeah, I haven't really conquered that one yet. So I'll just, she's not here. So here I go. But, um, I, I think I had to really understand, uh, and I know some, some of you out there will have a hard time with this because you're separated. You're not, you're not there with, uh, your spouse. Okay. So I understand that, but whether you are or not in front of your children, uh, there must be respect for their mother or their father. They're, they're, they're paying attention to that. Uh, I tell my team, I tell my children, your biggest asset is going to be your, your need to forgive me. You know, I'm going to need to be forgiven. You know, that's a given. But I, I've watched my children watch me speak to my wife, speak to her, listen to her. Do I cut her off? And you know, in in my culture, it was very loud. It was very pushy. 
you know, where I grew yeah. up. You're uh, Italian. Italian. <laughs> Sicilian, Italian. Everybody talks and with their hands. I'm not throwing <laughs> us under the bus, but I'm letting you know that it's very loud. And, very you know, loud. and I remember my wife walking out of that. Uh, she was my girlfriend at the time, and she goes, you know, I, I can't believe you treat your, your mother that way. I go, what way? What are you talking about? She goes, how can you talk to her with that tone of voice? I go, what tone of voice? <laughs> Look, that stuff builds up walls with your children. So I, I can give you a couple of examples, but I, the one that hits me with most conviction is something I'm working through every day, even as they're grown children. When we're on the couch and they come pick up their kids or whatever, we're babysitting or whatever. How, how I talk to my wife in front of them matters, man. Yeah, so the way you treat. That's right. Your family. That's right. They're learning and listening all the time, or they're like sponges, especially exactly. when they're younger. You know, it's like, I think for me, I'll give an example here of, so it's my, it's the way I think. And uh, I, I do use my calendar a lot, you know, as far as like, just as far as appointments go and yeah. keeping s- scheduled. So I'll, I'll even throw on my calendar. I, I'll, I'll make, even in a task list, I'll make task list items, talk to the, ta- I'll, Put one of my daughter's names in there. Talk to her about this. Pray with her about that. Like today, I'm going to get an alert sometime tonight because I put one in this morning because it's something I want to do better at. Pray with Christy. That's good. Just even if it's just two minutes, it means a lot to my wife. If I just grab her neck, put put her close to me, yeah, and just good. bless bless her, you know, um, like that woman who fears the Lord, you know, should be praised, you know. So just take that time and and bless her. So I, I try to be strategic that way. I try to take my my kids on on dates. Yeah, you know, dates with dad, time time with dad. Where we go to shooting range or uh-huh. go out for breakfast. Right. You know, whatever whatever they want to do, right? Like they love it to go. They just even love down go down the road and give them twenty bucks. They can go spend it in right. some store. You know, like, <laughs> but it gives me quality time with them. Right. You know, this quality time. Just even the driving in my truck, driving back, just touching base with them. Um, I'm a very physical guy, and I have four daughters, and I'm very physical with them. And that might sound weird, but it's not. I love my daughters and I tickle them. I grab them, I hug them, throw them on the bed. I wrestle with them. Yeah. I've never been reserved by anything like that. Cause that, I'm not a pervert, right? Like if that's what people are thinking or whatever, you know, right. like, or if you ever had that thing in your head, like, well, I don't want to be like that with right. daughters. You know, right. No, they love it. Yeah. They love it. When dad's like full, I'm fully in their faces, man. Like literally my forehead's on their foreheads and I'm like, I love you. And you know, they're, they're laughing and crying. I do that with my 16 year old. You know, I still right. do it with my, my daughter, oldest daughter's 20 and, so it's defection, you know, they get me right in, in my, it, it so I, I tried to do dates with dads. One of my daughters was, uh, in, in, she was really battling something fierce and it's, it's a product of our culture. Oh my gosh. And I was so lost in Lenny as a dad. I was like, man, I don't know how to, I knew, I knew she would overcome it. Cause I know she was built like a warrior, but you know what I did? This, this is one of those things of affection. I, I'm an audiobook guy. I love audiobooks. And I downloaded three audiobooks that do, that had to do with that exact problem, right? Yeah, of course I'm praying about it. Of course I'm declaring the word. Of course I'm reading the Bible and believing God. But I'm like, I get some more tools in my arsenal. That's right. I got to get some more thoughts. I got to get some more equipment. You know, some more ammunition in my mind. This warrior mindset, right? So I'm I, I didn't listen to all the books, but I'd fast forward. Oh, what's this chapter about? Oh, what's that? What's this chick? What's this doctor? Who's this doctor talking about? Tooled you know? up, man. I tooled, tooled up. up. Man. And then over the the next six to eight weeks. I was able to drop these little things like I knew what I was talking about, you know, and, and it, it was just powerful. Right. So, it, and she's winning in this area. Like it's, I'm just excited. So if you're pull, just be, 
but they needed that out of me, right? They needed me. They needed dad. I think, right? I think, and that's well, part of being affectionate. So these are practical things. Yeah, I think while you're talking, it come it came to me. Hey, man, if you're not with your spouse, you're separated or divorced, and you got you have your children for that weekend, let's say, or it's your turn, your time, whatever. Uh, stop and pray for their mother. Yeah, that'd be good, man. Just go look. Let's take a minute and pray for your mother. You know, and start breaking those walls down in your heart, bitterness and stuff like that. Let them know you have their best interest in mind. I've watched a couple of fathers do that where they have no reason to pray for that person. It's bad situation, right? Yeah. I don't even know if I could. I, I find it hard to pray for some people. Yeah. I do the best I can. But when they started praying, their children started changing toward the father. Started seeing, hey, look, that's my father. I want to, I want to attach to that, right? Right. Because, and, and the reason why, you know, I think of this as like one of the main roles as a father is, besides providing and protecting, is that one of the most strategic things that fathers do. And 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 men, if you're young dads, take this to heart. And if you're even old men and you got older children, it's never too late. You still take it to heart, right? But we speak and we release identity in our children. And we're always calling them to their identities. Right. We're always like, no, that doesn't fit. That shouldn't be a thought in your hunt, in your mind, son or daughter, because it doesn't match your identity. Right. So dads are always like, our heat sinking missiles on that bullseye target of like, this is your identity. A lot like how God is with us, right? Like, he knows that once we know our identity, our behavior right. will follow. That's right. You know, the church comes along and says, change your behavior, change your behavior. And they don't teach us our identity. Because behavior is born from identity, right? right. I'm going to act like who I am, you know? So if I, it's, it's just one of those things. So, if, you know, we're kind of all over the map a little bit, like the shotgun idea of like, you know, we don't, we don't have like this five, five <laughs> ways to, to be affectionate to your children. And there's probably a hundred thousand lists like that, but who knows if they're, I think, honest, right? I but, think a quick, a, a big one for me has been when I go to a conference or I, I attend something and it really impacts me. Right away, I want to come. I want to go home and do it, and it would just flop. I do it for a week, two weeks, three. <laughs> now, what I do, and maybe I learned this the hard way. I take I take my time. Even men, uh, those of you listening to this podcast, you, you're picking up some really good ideas. I I could feel we're stirring your heart. Don't go home or back to your house or wherever you're at and try to go. All out right now. 100 miles an hour. Take it to the Lord and say, hey, look, Lord, I liked everything I heard. I'm convicted. I want to do better. Give me one or two. Give me the strength. Your mercies are new every day. Give me, have mercy on me, oh God. First of all, cry out for his mercy. It says it's new every day. But just get a couple of things, man. Maybe it starts by just spending a week knowing you got to let your own parents off the hook, man. You got to say they did the best they could. Now I got to submit to the Father who will discipline me because discipline comes from the word discipleship. It's not even punishment. So, man, just let the Lord prune that branch, man. You don't cut the whole tree down. Right, don't yeah. go home and cut right. the whole tree down. You got some good stuff going on. Yeah, break out of that shame. Your kids were given to you not by accident, man. You're the man that's supposed to raise those kids and speak into yeah. those kids. So go home. I love what you were saying. Mark them, man. Proclaim the promises of God over them. Yeah. Maybe spend some time 
hearing about what the promises of God is over your children. Yeah. Get the right. revelation because the Lord, if you're their parent, you're supposed to hear from God for them. Well, I know my children's names. I know what their names mean. I know right. why we named them that. And, and I'm, it, it's all, it all matches kind of their personality and their DNAs and kind of <laughs> the pathways they're on. And, you know, and I, and I just kind of want to encourage us too out of Psalm 127. It's, it says, behold, right. you know, children are heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Right. You know, it goes on like arrows in the hands of a warrior. There's that warrior thing. Yeah. Are the children of one's youth. You know, blesses the man who fills his quiver with them. And it goes, it talks about not being put to shame when you stand with demonic forces in the in the the gates of influence. But yeah, so affection's a big deal. Dads, you're needed now more than ever. Right. Your your role as a man is needed now more than ever. Um, so if you're if you're addicted to Pornhub and gaming and you're on your you're on the couch uh, covered with potato chips, um, there's something wrong with your life. Right. And I and I love you enough to tell you that you need to get up out of that place. You need to crawl. You need to take an inch a day. And I think what I love about know, Grace get Ops, out of that stuff. I think when you use the word warrior in the context of Grace Ops and what you're doing, I, I look at what is a warrior? Is a warrior who wins all the time? No. No, a warrior wins some of the time, but they got back up. Yeah, so if sorry. you're really going to be a warrior, dads, get back up, man. Get back up. Get back up, man. Push delete. Yeah. God pushed delete on you and yeah. forgave you. Right. And let's walk up out East of is this from the stuff, West, right? right? Let's put God's, let's quit polluting salvation. Let's walk right. in the power of, let's quit polluting grace. Let's take grace Amen, on man. and let grace train us. And, and, uh, and Hey, I talk as one who struggled with pornography, right? I mean, I get it. I understand. I'm not talking from some ivory, ivory tower like I read about it in an article. I get that stuff, bro. <laughs> and uh, I get it. You know, yoga pants is probably the worst thing that's ever happened to mankind. I get that stuff. I get the battle of the eye gate. I get it, you know. Um, I get it. And, and, and yeah. Um, but we need that band of brothers. And we need, some, we need some men that we can live this upright lifestyle with. Men we can be vulnerable with. We can let our guards down with. Um, it's yeah. it's it's a powerful it's a better way to live. Good word, Brian. And it's not about perfection. I say it all the time. It's about pursuit. That's right. I love it. Got to be pursuing after living God. So, right. well, hey, Lenny, it's been amazing. Again, Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, man, you're, you're, you you you've influenced my life in a big way. And, Same here. You know, I uh, proud of you, man. You know, I've even called you things like spiritual father and stuff like that. You know, so oh <laughs> like, no, it's like let's slow down there a little bit. But uh, no, I appreciate you. privilege being on. I love this, uh, man. I just uh, I'm praying for everybody that's listening today. Yeah, me too. This is much needed. It's a mandate. You know, it it's is. a big deal. It's a big deal in the heart of God. So we, we can't overlook it. It's big in Malachi's day. It's big in our day. And hey, you know, as we wrap up, I want to invite you to take a, a browser, go somewhere to graceops.net. You can easily subscribe to our, our email. We'd love to stay in touch with you, write to you, empower you through writing. We'd love for you to uh, consider getting some gear. You can click that little share box. On the podcast, you can blast it out to five or ten of your friends. This thing's going to impact millions of people, and you can be part of helping that impact uh, take place at a great grassroots level. So we love you. We're here to empower you. And until next time, live upright.